2: What was that thing you thought uh, was totally fancy as a kid and then you grew up and learned oh god that was not fancy actually uh, that was pretty basic 651-641-1071 that's the conversation we're having here on the Colleen and Bradley show I'm Bradley trainer along with Holly Roberts and Holly I'm excited to talk about this this was uh, a conversation you uh, wanted us to have how did this come about
0: So this came about on Twitter from a a woman that I follow, a comedy writer. She's actually local. She's from the Twin Cities. Local girl, gone Hollywood. Gone Hollywood. give her a plug? Yeah, her name is Ariel Dumas. She used to be a writer on The Late Show, and now she's just out and about writing comedy. So she asked this question on Twitter yesterday, and it's amazing. So here it was. Okay, what was the thing you thought was very fancy as a kid that turned out not to be? So she answers, I thought Jagermeister was for sophisticated ladies because my mom sometimes sipped some out of a cordial glass at bedtime.
2: Oh, wow. A cordial <laughs> glass for yes. sure. Yeah.
0: So that's what she also said. She also thought Orangina was very oh, fancy. Oh, yeah, no, Orangina's
2: very classy. It's
0: got pulp.
2: Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know. Is it actual pulp or is it just like like reconstituted dust
0: yeah i think it might be a little bit of the latter but so that got me thinking so what was the thing that you thought was really fancy as a kid but then you grew up and you realized "Mm, that's not really the case so if you want to uh, join the conversation 651-641-1071 we already have a couple of people waiting patiently
2: should we go um since they've been waiting so patiently let's kick off uh with christina and find out what she thought was fancy as a kid hey christina
3: Hello, Holly. Hello. Happy
2: Friday. What did, What did you think was so fancy when you were growing up?
3: I thought I was a, such a princess because I had a chef prepared ravioli in a can. <laughs> to <my sister's- laughs> and to this day, I recognize the color stains alone to get me off, but. I won't eat real ravioli like from an an Italian restaurant because it doesn't taste as good as Chef
2: Boyardee. Oh my God. That's oh my delightful. Gosh, Thank you, Christina. So Chef Boyardee to her uh was was totally fancy. Ooh, it's cre- handcrafted by an actual chef. You know, I have tons of these as a kid. Um just I, I'm looking through some other people's answers on Twitter and I'm like, oh my God, yes, totally. And you know what one of them uh reminded me of? Vianetta. So, uh, remember Viennetta, the ice cream dessert? It was just essentially just ribbons of ice cream with some chocolate sauce on top. We thought it was real fancy. Um, turns out, anything you're buying in a grocery store, probably not that fancy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right? Everyone can buy it. Yeah. R- relatively
2: speaking. Do you know what I thought was really fancy? but And it might have been fancier than it is today, but shrimp. Like, anything shrimp was by nature, super fancy. If you're just joining us, we're talking about things we thought were fancy as a kid that we turned out. Um, I also, and I know Holly can share this one. Um, but she's busy answering the phones that should do for the moment. Thank you, Holly, for all your hard work. Thank you. The Mm -hmm. olive garden. Oh,
0: hands down. That was mine. Immediately. It came to mind. When I was little, Bradley, going to the Olive Garden was a special occasion. Because I think when I was growing up, we didn't have Olive Gardens in the Twin Cities. So we would always go to the Olive Garden out in the Bay Area in San Jose, California, where my grandma lived. And they had cloth napkins. That was high class. High class.
2: Very fancy. (laughs)
0: Very fancy.
2: Um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of other ones. I know uh, we've got listeners. Let's go right to the phones and find out. Robert's on the line. Okay, Robert, (laughs) what was fancy when you were
3: a kid? Okay, it's uh, pretty close to Olive Garden, but it's Old Country Buffet. Uh,
2: Oh, you thought OCB was fancy. Oh, yeah. We had like seven kids
3: in our family. So going out was like a big deal. So, of course, you know, parents couldn't really afford to take us to a fancy restaurant, but that was fancy enough. You walk in and see all that food. Oh,
2: wow. for sure. Not only that, but you get to serve yourself dessert. Ooh, I that mean, soft
0: serve machine. That
2: machine alone
3: Hot is fudge. fancy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, endless. So yeah. it was, we thought it was fancy. Yeah, it didn't last long. I think by age uh, nine, I was pretty much over that. Yeah, yeah. you'd
2: grown jaded, yeah. Robert. Mm-hmm. Thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. What did you think was fancy as a kid? Let's go to Brandy. All right, Brandy, what did you think was fancy as a child that maybe, mm, looking back, not so much?
3: Well, let me just say that there was no such thing as the Olive Garden when I was a child. Um, but I thought that a vinegar cruet was so great. I asked my parents, um, when you die, can I have that? Okay, what now? What are you talking about? A vinegar cruet. What is that? You. Um, you would dump the vinegar into a cruet.
2: Oh, like so and
3: it's and then like,
0: put it on like potatoes, like fried potatoes and stuff. I didn't like it, but I thought basic, the cruet was beautiful. Yeah, the serving for the vinegar and you thought that was fancy, just the bottle in and oh, of itself.
3: Yes. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: And <laughs> I still so this day I laugh about it and I still say to my dad, my
3: mom has since passed, but I still say, I still want that.
2: I still want that vinegar, crew. It so yeah.
3: You'll have to, it's beautiful.
2: It, that, that's oh. awesome. Oh, I love thanks, that as Brandy. a kid. Thank you, Brandy. I, it's well, it's that thing like when you're a kid and and you just you know like my my grandmother had a candy dish and it was the most magical thing in oh the world gosh, because right? it was like cut glass. Yes, and it just sparkled and had all sorts of different colors. Oh yeah, and there was hard candy in it. Oh, most of right. which was just a big brick because it had all uh, stuck together. Yes, let's go to Tim. Tim's on the line. Hey, Tim, what uh, did you think
3: was fancy as a kid? So I grew up in northern Minnesota. Oh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Tim. And when we would come down to the cities, Red Lobster was just the, the best thing to see. And then I think these were out state mostly, but Mr. Steak. Oh, no, uh, there's... I feel like there's
2: was- a Mister Steak somewhere in the st- in Minneapolis, isn't now,
0: there? Tim, was Mister Steak a sit-down restaurant?
3: Yes, and uh, you got uh, you got courses uh, that you ordered off the menu, and I the first thing I remember is that because salad dressings came in that little three um, three cup spinner. And so it was. Uh, you didn't just have it in a little plastic cup. So it was this. It was like this uh, lazy Susan for dressing.
0: Oh, fancy, I, Tim! <laughs> so fancy. <What? laughs>
2: that is super fancy. I just love the idea of fancy restaurants. You know, growing up because again, most of them were chain restaurants. But again, having grown up at a time when that was unique, that was not the every you know everyday experience. So the the, the fact that you could go no. to something like that made it special.
3: No, and my poor prom date, that's where we went for Mr. <laughs> for promise mr
0: steak hey that is classy tim That's, you're a class you, act yes tim. you are thanks for calling uh, thanks i think that a steak and ale remember there used to be a steak and oh, ale yeah. off of 494 and i thought that place was steak fa- and ale, fancy oh um, Stuart anderson's cattle company now that was even a step above the olive garden yep. when you went to the gr- cattle company with grandma and you sat in one of those booths and you got a salad with blue cheese dressing Woo!
2: yeah with actual bits of blue cheese and mm. Um, all right, <laughs> we're talking about things that are. I mean, we could do this probably for days. Let's really quickly go to Desiree. She's going to be the last word. Desiree, what was fancy as a kid?
3: Ah, uh, well, for me it was either olive or red lobster. My fifteen year old son's in the car, and I just asked him, and he said White Castle when he was little. Oh, White Castle.
2: Well, good. You know, it's a castle after all, right?
3: Exactly. Which I didn't think about that until until I explained it. I was like, oh, okay, I can see that.
2: That's a smart man. Thank you, Desiree. Thanks, Desiree. All right. When we come back, our good friend Paul McGuire Grimes, he's fancy, and he's got all the latest in theaters this weekend when we come back right here on My Talk 107. Welcome back, ladies and not ladies, to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 107. I think they're called gentlemen, Uh, but I don't know any gentlemen, honestly. I only know boys and men. Which one are you, Paul? Oh man,
0: you get to pick. You're like, oh man. <laughs> oh, he man. said he's a gentleman, Paul McGuire yes, Grimes. Yes, he, he is
2: a gentle sir. Thank you, Paul McGuire Grimes, for joining us on the Colina Bradley Show to share all of your movie knowledge. And my God, it's like peak season for Paul McGuire Grimes. Paul's trip to the movies. dot com, et cetera, et cetera.
4: There's a lot going on. The Critics Choice Awards are this Sunday night. Everyone, pay attention to the CW if you want a little leg up on the awards season. Get mm-hmm. your movies in order. Tune in this. Sunday on the CW. Um we've got a couple new movies in theaters. Holly, you mentioned earlier that some of them were not screened for critics.
0: Yes, I that. Well, did. it was
2: that 7% uh, Keanu Reeves oh, yeah, movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It.
4: Replicas, didn't see it. What
2: Apparently, I did we don't need see
4: yeah, is another one starring Brian Cranston, Kevin Hart.
2: Oh, you did see that movie. I did see it.
4: It's called The Upside. And Kevin Hart plays uh, this guy that's unemployed. He has a hard time finding work because he's a criminal. He's a criminal past, but doesn't really want work. And he ends up taking this job as an assistant, a caregiver for Brian Cranston, who's a quadriplegic.
2: And what did we think? Because now, unfortunately, for the movie's sake, but maybe not because it's been getting publicity regardless, um, everybody's been sidetracked by Kevin Hart's weird journey of homophobia phobic not homophobic supportive not supportive
4: it was really hard to kind of sit through this movie and not think about that as i was watching it and Mm -hmm. this movie's been kind of plagued for a long time because they shot it back in 2017 it was supposed to come out that fall but then it was a weinstein company movie so then it got shelved due to all that debacle which we don't need to get into they finally another studio bought it finally decided to open it this weekend oh wait then kevin hart puts his foot in his mouth and then it's kind of ruined. So, anyway, the movie's actually fine.
2: It is. It's not a okay. ringing endorsement. Fine, it's I don't fine. know that fine gets me off my couch like, for the weekend. Yeah. Right.
4: Like I don't think you you know it's it's uh it's loosely based on a true story. It's actually a remake of a French film. Oh. And I think what is good about this movie is that A couple things. It allows Kevin Hart to actually try to act. I was going to
2: say that was kind of the thing or the thing I keep seeing showing up in like headlines is like this role was a chance for Kevin Hart to exercise his acting muscles.
4: And you do see that. I mean, I think he definitely gets to play to his strengths without him feeling like he's just mugging for the camera for two hours. So it is nice to see that balance from him and to show that he can do other material. And he and Brian Cranston actually have really great chemistry together. And I think they help make the movie... Passable and watchable. You also have Nicole Kidman who plays Brian Cranston's kind of business partner throughout it. It feels kind of a waste of a role for her. Like she doesn't have to do much and she's coming off of like boy erase and destroyer and big Aquaman. little eye. Interesting
0: that they're doing no Marketing of Nicole Kidman in this movie. Oh, I was movie. gonna say I didn't is, know she was in this. That's movie. I right. didn't know either.
4: Yeah, no, it's another because I mean, she doesn't. Have, I mean, she's she's there. She's in the whole oh, she's thing. She's getting a paycheck. Is what she's you're getting saying. a paycheck, and maybe maybe that's all she wanted, or maybe she wanted to work with Brian Cranston, and she's okay in it. Um... I You could tell early on that this is very much ho- like it's a remake. It's kind of Hollywood eyes. I don't think a lot of this actually happened between the two of them, like the way that this particular version unfolds, but it's an interesting story. Like I found it compelling. Okay, so maybe wait for it to show up. You on could stream. wait for it. Right, yeah. And if you're a Kevin Hart fan, I think you all like a lot of it. There were some jokes I was like, this doesn't sit right right now with what we yeah. know of Kevin Hart. Let's, yeah. Uh, there's a scene with a Cather, and I was like, oh.
0: Oh, yeah. Catheter
2: jokes. I don't know that that's where we're at
4: right yep. now. Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: So there you go. How many stars? I'm giving it two and a half
2: out of five. Ticket stubs. Ticket stubs, Holly. It's stars. It's, it's not five. Siskel and Ebert. Oh. Those are two thumbs up. Yeah.
0: And they're not here anymore. They're not
2: thumbs up anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So that is one. You <laughs> wow, can Holly. Thanks for bringing theaters. us all down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have two at home picks. Why I, I think love you might these. be interested Yay. in is dumpling. Oh, on gosh, Netflix. People,
2: keep people keep telling me to watch. Dublin. Yes.
4: So the premise behind this one is that it's a girl named Willow Dean. Uh, it's played by Danielle McDonald, and she is she's overweight. Um, she kind of struggles. She's got this fun outer persona, but her mom, Jennifer Anderson, is involved in the beauty pageant world and she feels like she's never fit in. So she decides to enter the pageant to kind of spite her mom and show the injustices of the pageant. And she kind of starts to learn more about herself throughout the way.
2: What I've heard from this movie, Dumplin', is uh, that um, you're going to cry a lot.
4: Yeah, I mean it I mean I didn't because I like happy had, like, had no
2: happy soul. sad cry like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I'm the same way, Paul. People mm. are always like, mm-hmm. don't worry about him, he has no soul. Right. Yeah.
4: There's definitely things I definitely related to. I mean, she definitely has that kind of outer persona, like a lot of confidence, but then she's a lot of deep inner insecurities that kind of get in the way of her friendships and abutting this romance. And then Dolly Parton is a huge inspiration to her. So you have oh, all God. this classic Dolly music in it, oh. and then a brand new song that she wrote called The Girl in the Movies, which Make it an Oscar nomination, and then she goes to Willow Dean, and her friends decide to go to this gay bar. So she meets these two drag queens. One is Ginger Minch, we know from RuPaul Drag Race, oh, and the for other sure. is Harold mm-hmm. Perrineau from *Romeo and Juliet* and *Lost*. Mm.
3: We took it all.
1: We brought them to our land. An endless night, amber hot and icy cold. The Rage of the Earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did.
3: And in the end... What will I
1: become?
0: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
3: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news...
4: So it's kind of like what do these girls learn about pageants, but then the culture of drag to kind of give them this acceptance to be who they are, and then to do it on purpose. Okay, well I'm sold. How many yeah. tickets have you? So give four to five on that too.
0: Is it heartwarming?
4: It's definitely heartwarming. It feels it makes you it's feel, feel good. really good.
2: All afterwards. I need one of those this
4: weekend. And Jennifer Aniston's good in it. Very different role for her. And I think it's one of her She's, best. I, I honestly, you know,
2: I, 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 have issues with like her celebrity, yes, but her agreed. acting, I don't have issues right. with. In fact, um, well, the last movie I probably saw her in was not the one that she was most critically acclaimed for. It was that comedy, like road film where she plays a mom. Were with the I thought she was great in that. Movie. Yes.
4: She can do certain things, but then most of the time the movies that she picks are kind of crap. Like, the yeah. office Christmas party, awful. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you're saying that Jennifer can she can do better. She can do better. And this is a good example of that.
2: Um, I Really quickly, I know you had another uh, movie that's a home release. What is it, really quick?
4: Beautiful Boy. It's on Amazon oh, Prime. Okay. Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet, about math addiction, based on a true story. And I... This movie means a lot to me, just learning more about meth addiction and the science behind that. And as a dad tries to understand what is happening to his son, I learned a lot about both Nick and David Schaaf and then got to interview Nick Sheff and Timothy Chalamet the the Uptown. It's a sold out Q&A that I moderated. And you can find that video on my YouTube channel, Paul Strip of the Movies. I, it was great to just see people connecting to Nick Chef and his story, to learn more about that, to kind of really destigmatize addiction, and to kind of better understand that in a very gentle way. Um, how many tickets? Those? Four out of five for okay. Beautiful okay. Boy. Great. Love so it.
2: now I need to get to. Did you have any thoughts about the Golden Globes?
4: Yes. I mean, it was a great award ceremony until we got to the ending. Ooh, yes. Yeah, because
2: we talked to you
4: yes on, on Monday. Monday,
2: but we didn't have a lot of time to just
4: talk about sort of the optics of everything. I actually really enjoyed Andy... To go back to, like, the show itself, I really enjoyed Andy Samberg and Sandra O's host. Kind of an unexpected pair, but I loved seeing her do comedy, and I love that the monologue or the opening bit was all just, like, silly fun. It was not a roast. It wasn't hard jokes. It wasn't political. They definitely kind of made fun, and it was light, and it was just different, and I enjoyed that.
2: Um, I also have a thought about... Do you like Dune, the movie Dune?
4: You know, I... I have not seen it But I am excited because Denis Villeneuve is going to direct the remake Timmy's going to be in it yeah, And they Timothy keep Chalamet. announcing all these like
2: great guests And that was the happiest movie news that I had this week Was that <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is going to play Paul Atreides mm-hmm. and, and Paul I McGuire
0: Grimes I'm trying to get Bradley to watch Ready Player One Yes, mm-hmm. um, Bradley
2: Watch it no
0: Holly, no. did you like it? I loved it.
4: Yes.
2: Uh, do you want to just keep talking movies? Yeah, right. let's do that. Should we back. do that? Because yeah. we've got other things I and we can keep talking. Oscar <laughs> crazy stupid idiots will be back. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, all are right, we're going to keep talking to Paul McGuire Grimes and we come back right here on My Talk 107. <laughs> Thanks, Holly Roberts. <laughs> Kicking Friday into the weekend. It's the Colleen and Bradley Show here on My Talk One. we We're just hanging out, doing some stuff, yeah. like two kids, just um, maybe. Drinking out of the parents' liquor (laughs) cabinet.
0: Drinking root beer at the laundromat. Been there, done that. (laughs)
2: Yeah, maybe once or twice. Okay, I'm Bradley (laughs) Trainor. That's Holly... Yep, you're Holly Roberts. Yep. And then Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's trip to the movies is stuck around because, well, why not? We're just going to hang out and uh, do some Friday stuff. Uh, No, actually, Paul, (laughs) of course, knows everything about movies, and we were talking about what's in theaters this weekend, what's streaming this weekend, and he, of course, has his website and YouTube channel, but...
0: Before we get back to the movie chat we got to get generous. we got to yeah. get real generous. Oh, that's right,
2: yeah. Paul, hold on to your uh, movie hats over there, because we've got some prizes to give away, right, yes, Holly? Yes, we do. We have
0: two $50 gift cards to Green Mill. That's right, free pizza. And when you order online, earn double Green Mill rewards points through the end of February. Again, these are two separate $50 gift cards to Green Mill, color 4, color 5, 651 You're going to get yourself some free food. Mm. All right. Mm. Back to the movie. Back to the movie chat.
2: Okay. So, um uh, here's what I wanna just talk about. Okay, we were talking about the Golden Globes and how it was kind of it was really sort of lackluster this year in a way that I don't know we've experienced much before.
4: But I'm, well, I'm kind of fine with lackluster because I don't, I'm a a viewer that doesn't need bits. Like if we've got some hosts, we got some jokes, and then we're going to the awards right away, which is kind of what they were doing, I like it. Yeah, I'll take a montage or two, especially if it's looking back at Carol Burnett, Jeff Bridges. You're saying
2: uneventful isn't a bad thing.
4: It's not a bad thing, yeah. especially when award shows are always claiming to be too long. Like, let's clip through this.
2: Yeah. Find no, that's mean. that's a fair point. Now, can we talk about, uh, because we haven't had a chance to discuss um, sort of the other news of the week regarding award shows, and that's the news that likely the Oscars will have no host this year.
4: I think that's a bad move. Me too. I think you need a host, whether it's one or two or maybe multiple, just to kind of keep the show going. So there's some sort of flow, some sort of structure. And I don't think, I think people keep thinking that you need a big comedian. I don't think you need that at all. Like, I think you just need two people that audiences really love i mean you could talk you could have someone like chadwick boseman or michael b jordan or gal gadot you know these superheroes that people have seen their movies they know who they are to then maybe start the show off they don't have like a a bad history on twitter or anything like that stuff like that or get some hollywood legends to just come in and we can celebrate them
2: you know and in, in the past i've said like they need to do something completely different this the era of the award show has passed but I actually think it's less it has less to do with the reality or the inefficiency or the there's something wrong with having one person hosting it. I think the problem is actually us, the audience. I think our expectations are like that's the problem because people have this like it seems like we have these like it has to be something amazing and they have to do a tremendous job. Yeah, like I remember growing up watching the Oscars, not particularly having strong feelings about a particular host other than they were funny,
4: right? Like Billy Crystal always did like this song montage of all the best picture nominees and it was always super funny. And I remember Whoopi Goldberg would come out in a variety of big costumes like that were like the costume nominees or something like that. I
2: remember that. Remember Jack Palance? Oh, and he did the one arm
4: pushups. You had David Letterman doing the Oprah, Uma Uma. crappy bit, you know.
2: So, but, but what I'm saying is like, honestly, it's not because there was no social media. It sort of was, it just was what it was. And we all, you know, had an awareness of it because we watched it all together. But we didn't have this need to feel like we were armchair quarterbacks for every darn thing. Sure. Like
0: you didn't have, you didn't, there wasn't a need for your opinion to be voiced across the world.
2: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I think our expectations are such that like one person, we put all of this expectation on one person's ability to entertain us for three hours. And, solid. And
4: that's what people remember from these award ceremonies, who was the host and if they were successful or not. Yeah. Yep.
0: So you know. I,
2: I'm not sold on the fact that we need to change the show. It's that we might need to change our expectations now. One of those is easier to change than the other, and right. that's, of course, the format. But I'm, I'm, I just don't, and Holly and I talked about this. I'd be curious what you think, Paul, if not a host— what could you possibly do that will make people more interested than having a
4: host? Well, one of the things that I love that they did a couple of years ago was they had past winners come out and then present the winner. So I remember one year it was like five of the previous best actress nominees then presented. Like, it was like Marion Cotillard, just feel around. Oh, yeah. Well, that's um, when we ended up with Hatham.
2: Tim Novak's face.
4: Oh, was oh, it, that that no, year? No, that was something different. Mm-hmm. But like they all, and then you'd see like the picture of when they won the Oscar behind them as these five fantastic women, and they presented it to Kate Winslet. I know, I, I remember very specifically because I've watched the clip many times. But like that idea of seeing all of these past winners come out, you could celebrate who were they, who they were at the time, who they are now, and then kind of pa- carry on the torch, if you will, to the next winner of that award. Yeah, I think that's so great.
0: That's a great idea because one of the things that we were grappling with with the idea of what the heck should the Oscar Oscars do is like, what does it, what does Hollywood history mean to audiences in 2019? Mm-hmm. It's not the hooray for because Hollywood Because it used version.
2: to be, we grew up at a time when Hollywood was looking back on itself, you know, the golden age yeah. of Hollywood. People don't do that anymore because people, when they look back to Hollywood, it had, Pre, it had sort of moved on from the golden age, right?
4: Yeah, or I saw on Twitter earlier, someone has suggested kind of doing reunions, like getting these old legends or casts back together, like Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke presenting something to like Mary Poppins Returns, or like just presenting together. Or w- one of the other suggestions was Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore, and Meryl Streep, like this the trio from The Hours. Like yeah. these kind of iconic pairs, kind of getting them back together to yeah.
2: present. So you can still have that nostalgia moment. Um, Without...
4: Overdoing it, yeah, and without having montages or like that I, Snow yeah. White
2: dancing around
4: because right. of oh, the thing we talked we do not about. Need a Roblo singing again? If oh, you're we just joining us
0: yesterday. on the Colina
2: Bradley <laughs> show, we're talking with Paul McGuire Grimes about the Oscars and whether or not there's going to be a host. And we talked about it this week that the one time in the last ninety one years that we've had an Oscar ceremony, 1989, 1989, there was no host. So legitimately, 30 years ago, yeah. Oh my God! Thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was thirty years ago. 30, but...
2: Thirty years ago, they had uh, Rob Lowe and well, Snow White was theoretically the host.
0: Well, she was the one who it, it, theoretically the whole setup, the opening scene is Snow White goes on a journey to Hollywood, and along the way, she ends up meeting such people as Merv Griffin, Sid Charisse, <laughs> Rob Lowe, and then they go into this proud marriage. Like, Why <laughs> someone to appeal to
2: the kids? Who <laughs> right, we yeah. get? Rob Lowe.
0: Yes, and and it was a and mess. It was
2: a big it pile of like doggy a barf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
4: I think I, I think we need something even if we don't have a host. Like let's have a th- a through line of some sort to kind of connect from award to award to then keep the show moving without dragging on. We don't need to bring out a pizza delivery man or go to a different theater to surprise the audience that's watching yeah. some other movie. No late
2: night or Ellen show. Right. Tactics.
4: Like, no. Let's get rid of that because that just stalls.
2: Yeah, that's true. It also takes away from why we're there, which is, you know, also the award. point it's so darn long.
4: Yeah, or maybe some education. You know, we hear about what does it mean to be a best editor or a best cinematographer? Talk about what this award is and what their contributions are to the movie itself to understand, oh, that Sort of okay, so notes. let's assume
2: for the sake of this discussion that there is a host. Did you have any ideas for who you think would
4: make a great host? I mean, I love Maya Rudolph. Yeah. She is funny with anyone. Stick oh, her yeah. with Tiffany Haddish. Stick her with Amy Rudolph, Amy, Amy Poehler. Stick her with Tina Fey. Yeah, maybe get some, get the two of them together, or even Melissa McCarthy. Melissa, even though she'll be a Best Actress nominee this year, I assume, get her and Maya. They've worked together multiple times. Like yeah. that could easily, easily work. I don't think Tiffany Haddish would do it.
2: I think she's almost. We said this that maybe she's not quite ready for prime time. Oh, she's not a prime time player yet. Well, I think she's hilarious, oh, but completely. I, um, but I don't know if she could carry the whole Oscar Oscars, you know? Yeah, the cast or the whole. I think, uh, and it has to herself. be a
4: film actor. Yeah, I know some people were mentioning like. TV actors and I don't think that that's the right choice either I suggested and I wanna...
2: Wanda Sykes just because I think she's, she's hysterical she's biting I think you I think you need you to need have somebody bite? with an opinion okay because it's counterintuitive in a way because everybody, Holly had a great idea too. It was kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. Her idea was the rock.
0: Yeah. So I thought Dwayne rock Johnson. So the opposite of biting humor, but at the same time, he would be able to roast the people in the room, the Hollywood people in a way that was not going to put people on the defensive. Yeah. Right.
4: And people love the rock. People like working with him. He's an all around good guy. Yeah. You know he can make fun of himself at the same yeah, time yeah a little self deprecation oh, completely he would be a great host
2: i I just felt like you need somebody with a strong personality because you need somebody to be able to carry the audience's attention instead of just feeling like, hi, hey, we're all friends, and we all love each other when we all know that that's not that's true, especially in the true. Oscars. everybody's <laughs> like somebody just needs to say, "I know you're all on edge and probably you know three sheets to the wind because you you're you know, so nervous, yeah exactly right, um but regardless. Um do we think we're going to know by the time the uh the
4: um the night happens. nominees come out? The nominees come out January 22nd if I'm not mistaken. I don't think that we're going to hear anything. I think if anything it's going to be in the week or two prior to the awards what the kind of overall plan is, because that's when they start announcing the presenters. And then you can maybe get an idea of who these presenters are and what their connection to the Academy is. Sure.
2: Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's com. What do you know about this story? Um, Donnie was talking about it in the studio yesterday. This idea that if you present it on the Golden Globes, you're not welcome at the Oscars.
4: I've never heard of that.
0: Yeah, was that what Is he that, said? Uh, like I have no idea. I theory. wasn't in the room when he was talking about that. However, I feel like that's Is totally that an, inaccurate. <laughs> it's
4: totally because, especially if you consider past winners, we will usually go on to present the next, like the next award, or like a best actress. Somebody will go and present best actor. Yeah. you know. So we yeah, because he happen said there was the an time. actress
2: in particular, and I can't remember her name. And it's hard to talk about people when they're not here. But um, there was an actress who, for went. She decided not to uh, present at the Golden Globes because she wanted to present at the Academy
4: Awards. Unless really? there's some new, I mean, maybe there's a network thing. Like, is she connected to, I would, I would have to figure out who that person is and then try to connect some dots uh, and see what that conspiracy theory is. And you never know what, like, personal, people's personal, like, yeah. jinxes are, too. Yeah. I just think about networks, and I know networks
2: get real testy when oh, people completely try to yeah, cross between network. them. Paul, Thank you for sticking for around for thanks, a me. second uh, segment. Thank have you. a wonderful weekend. I hope you have you something too. outdoors planned because it's going to be beautiful. Oh yeah, mm. we'll see what happens. We're not just stay indoors like I do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <and laughs> close
2: close the windows. We and, got some TV to catch and up and on. some TV. Yep. All right, when we come back here on the Colina Bradley Show, ooh. It's the throwback live at 245. Find out how we do in just a moment right here. I'm by talk. What a seven. why am I talking like this? I don't
1: know. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. So you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at Harlem.
4: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.
1: Nm.com, the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.